Hey, we're all looking to save, especially on medical bills, but where do you start? Now, unless you're a medical billing expert, finding savings, well, it can seem impossible. HealthLock can help. HealthLock is a healthcare technology company that securely connects with your insurance and they flag errors like overbilling or wrong codes and fraud. And you can even have HealthLock work on your behalf to get money back from select past bills. Now, saving starts with knowing where to look. Go to their website. It's HealthLock.com today before you see any other healthcare provider. Pure Talk, my sponsor and my wireless company, of now providing international roaming to over 50 countries. Now, as you plan your summer travel, make sure that your wireless company covers you at home and abroad. Now, you can get unlimited talk and text, plenty of 5G data for just 20 bucks a month. That's less than half the price of Verizon, AT&T, and T-Mobile for the exact same service. Just go to puretalk.com slash Sean, S-E-A-N, make the switch today. Save an additional 50% off your first month. That's puretalk.com slash Sean, S-E-A-N. Hey, warmer days remind us of fond summer memories. Now you can make those moments year-round with a Michael Phelps swim spa by our friends at Master Spas, and that combines the leisure of a hot tub with the exercise benefits of a pool. Now Master Spas technology is incredible with LED lighting, beautiful waterfalls, and those super powerful water jets installed in just one day. You're going to love it. Proudly made in America. Use the promo code Hannity in the upper right-hand corner. That's masterspas.com for up to $1,000 off. You can exercise, relax, recover with the only hot tub and swim spa brand I trust, masterspas.com. The fact is that the removal of Title 42 does not mean the border is open. Proud of the fact that with a Democratic president, a Democratic House, and a Democratic Senate, we were able to achieve through this omnibus spending bill, essentially all of our priorities. Thank you. I may be Irish, but I'm not stupid. I married Dominic Giacoppa's daughter, so, you know, I got a little Italian to me now. You know? Freedom is back in style. Welcome to the revolution. Yeah, we're coming to your city. Gonna play our guitars and sing you a country song. Sean Hannity Show. More behind-the-scenes information on breaking news and more bold, inspired solutions for America. Every time Joe Biden opens his mouth, he regurgitates something that is just mind-boggling, bewildering, confounding. Why is that? Well, it's because Joe is terminally confused. He doesn't know who he is, where he is, what he's doing. You know, and he keeps saying over and over again, they told me not to talk. They told me I have to stop. Who's they? I mean, who's president here? Obviously, his handlers are are running the White House. Uh, The leader of the free world is nothing but a puppet. Clueless Joe. And now he's vacay Joe. Oh, he's in beautiful St. Croix, you know, while, you know, Americans are suffering under a deadly winter storm, uh, dozens and dozens of people killed, chaos at the border, inflation continues to rage, people are forced to pinch their pennies, and, you know, he flies off on Air Force One, courtesy of taxpayers, and enjoys sunny St. Croix. Yeah. Gotta love that. I'm Greg Jarrett filling in for Sean Hannity. 
We've been talking in the last hour about the Twitter files and the overwhelming evidence of FBI corruption. And the best part of filling in for Sean uh, is I get to take your phone calls. So give me a call. I'm Greg Jarrett, Fox News legal analyst. Our number is 800-941-7326. I'm going to be talking to my friend and colleague, one of the best investigative reporters, John Solomon, in just a minute. You can also follow me on Twitter at Greg Jarrett, G-R-E-G-G-J-A-R-R-E-T-T. Read my columns and find out about my two upcoming books at my website, thegregjarrett.com. Listen to my weekly podcast, wherever podcasts are found. It is titled The Brief. And in the last three episodes of The Brief, I've been talking about the Twitter files. One of the people I talk to routinely is John Solomon, who, as I say, is an intrepid investigative reporter. The guy never sleeps. He works uh, relentlessly, and he breaks all kinds of news stories, as he did during the Russia hoax, and he is still at it. John Solomon is editor-in-chief of Just the News, You've got to get your news and information from Just the News. He's author of the book Fallout, a terrific book. Uh, and John, thanks for being with us today. Happy holidays to you. Uh, before we talk about, you know, the Twitter files and FBI sure. corruption, which you know a great deal about, I want to talk to you about your recent story. And people can read it uh, on your website, Just the News. It's entitled... DOJ snooped on House Intelligence Committee investigators during the Russia probe subpoenas show. Talk to us about that. Tell us what you found out. Yeah, it's pretty extraordinary. Five years ago this month, uh, uh, the Justice Department uh, uh, secured grand jury subpoenas in Washington, D.C. to get the phone and email records of two of then House Intelligence Committee Chairman Devin Nunes' top investigators. These were the investigators like Cash Patel who were leading the unraveling of the Russia collusion narrative. And the, the subpoenas are executed during a very sensitive time in the House Intelligence Committee's investigation. It is right at this time that they learned that Hillary Clinton funded the bogus dossier. It's right at this time that they learned that the FBI had lied to the FISA court and also omitted information for the FISA court. They also had just learned that some of the informants that the FBI was using to target the Trump campaign had uncovered exculpatory evidence, evidence of innocence. At that very moment, when the House Intelligence Committee is getting a sense of just how bad the Justice Department and FBI's conduct has been in the Russia collusion case, the DOJ goes out, subpoenas Google, gets the phone and email data of at least two of the staffers. There's a belief there may be more, but two of those staffers were notified this month that five years ago their records have been taken. Why did they get notified? Google has a five-year notification rule, which is five years after we get a subpoena, if we give up some of your records, we tell you. And so Cash Patel and one other staffer got this notification in the mail just before Christmas. This is an extraordinary intrusion on congressional oversight. I, I have talked to Democrats, Republicans, legal experts, uh, longtime congressional investigators, all of them mortified 
that this has happened and that uh, and they're all demanding answers. And it looks like Jim Jordan is going to get those answers. He promises this will be a major focus of his investigations in January. So the DOJ decided to investigate the investigators who were investigating the DOJ. I mean, right. right? You got it right. That's exactly how it happened. I mean, it's it, the DOJ's snooping, uh, to use your term, on the Intel Committee came just weeks after that committee subpoenaed the DOJ, the FBI, and the CIA to produce documents that show they knew that the dossier was phony and had been funded by Hillary Clinton's campaign and that, you know, the DOJ and the FBI had lied to the FISA court to gain lawless warrants to spy. Do I have that about right? You do. Uh, in fact, the uh, uh, when I first interviewed Devin Nunes about this, after he learned about the, the fact that his investigators had been targeted, he said, they were spying on me. They were just trying to find out what my investigators know. Then he raised another very interesting question. He asked, why did they target their private emails? If they were doing congressional work, why not target their congressional things? He said, I think they were looking for dirt on me and my investigators to try to leverage us. He actually accused them of, 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 of running a blackmail operation, seeing if they could find anything that they could then use to pressure Nunes and his staffers to back off revealing this terrible data. Pretty dramatic allegations by someone who ran one of the most important committees in Congress. The nefarious Rod Rosenstein uh, was basically the acting attorney general after Sessions recused himself. And there's a uh, an infamous meeting, January 10th, 2018, I well remember it because I was alerted to it immediately afterwards by somebody who attended the meeting, and then I talked to two people who were in the meeting, and I reported it, that Rosenstein had lost it during the meeting. He was angry that the Intel Committee uh, wanted to see evidence of wrongdoing. And Rosenstein was in cover-up mode, right? And so Rosenstein becomes utterly unglued, starts yelling and screaming at the staffers and threatens to subpoena their house intel records in an act of retribution. That's right. And, and I, you know, I reported it, got a lot of heat for it. And sure enough, a couple of months later, others at Fox News corroborated and confirmed my initial reporting of it. Um, but but. That's apparently what Rosenstein did. I mean, he he said he was going to subpoena House Intel records. He goes to a grand jury secretly, and he does exactly that. And, you know, the funny thing about it is I suspected this was going on. And, of course, I was uh, writing a book about it. So I was, you know, I was talking to sources, people associated with the Intel Committee. And whenever I communicated with them, um, I assumed in my texts and emails and even phone conversations that the FBI and the DOJ were listening in. And, and you know, it looks like they probably were. Yeah, now listen, that's the scary part here. And what we don't know is what we don't know. When you look at the subpoena that Cash Patel got where they unmask his name as one of the people, it's a block about three and a half, four inches long, enough to probably have eight or ten other people's listed as potential targeting uh, targets of the subpoena. So 
Devin Nunez and Cash Patel and others have raised the possibility that there may be others who don't know yet, maybe haven't checked their Google email to find out that they, too, had their phone records or email taken. This is a very, very scary scenario because what you have is uh, uh, our founding fathers always intended that Congress and the executive branch have a separation of powers, that they couldn't spy on each other, they couldn't uh, become hostile to each other, that they each would be able to work and have certain powers that couldn't be intruded upon by the other. This is clearly an intrusion on the Congressional Oversight Committee, and there has been crickets. The Justice Department, the FBI, Rod Rosenstein, I've reached out to them multiple times. They won't answer any questions about this. We won't get the truth until we get Jim Jordan in action next year at the House Judiciary Committee, but I think we're going to find out a lot more about what was going on in that period and how just how far the executive branch feels its authority is to pry spry on Congress. I think we're going to learn a lot more next year about this, Greg. My guest is John Solomon. He's going to stick around for another block. I, I want to talk to him about another of his blockbuster uh, columns about Nancy Pelosi's role in the January 6th failed security, her direct role in it. Uh, we're going to pause, take a quick break, uh, give us a phone call. We'll be taking some of your calls this hour. The number is 800-941-7326. I'm Greg Jarrah. The number is 941-7326. The Sean Hannity Show will be back in just a moment. Welcome back. I'm Greg Jarrett. This is the Sean Hannity Show. I'm filling in for Sean today, and we're going to be taking some of your calls shortly. You can talk to us about the Twitter files, which we uh, delved into in great detail in the last hour. But I want to go back right now to John Solomon, editor-in-chief of Just the News. And, John, um, one of your most recent stories, you're always breaking stories, but this one uh, is entitled House GOP Locates Emails and Texts showing Nancy Pelosi's office was directly involved in the failed January 6th security. What did you learn? Yeah, this is very important because in February of 2021, Nancy Pelosi stood in front of the cameras during one of her weekly press conferences and said, I had nothing to do with airline security. I have no control over the Capitol Police. That simply isn't true. By the way, mainstream media picked up on that and did all these truth watches, which are clearly debunked by the text messages that we have now made public at the House Republicans. There were five House lawmakers. Um, they did on their own with no committee, uh, with no budget. They went and were able to secure these text messages. And what they show is that Pelosi staff was routinely meeting with um, uh, the security staff and the Capitol Police starting in early December 2020, right up to the hours before January 6th started. They were involved in the plan. They were briefed in the security plan that failed that day. They even edited some of the documents related to that um, security plan. They had their hands and fingers in this planning all along, contrary to what Nancy Pelosi said. And in fact, uh, one of the things that Nancy Pelosi says, well, there's a Capitol Police Board. They make the decisions. When the final decision was made to belatedly summon the National Guard, it wasn't the Capitol Police Board that made that decision. Nancy Pelosi herself had the command and made that decision, signed off on that decision, clearly debunking what she told the American people 18 months ago. She did have a significant role, and her staff had a significant role, crafting a plan that miserably failed to protect the Capitol. Why, why would it have failed? 
from January, from December 21st, 2020 forward, Capitol Police routinely and regularly received intelligence reports from the FBI, from the Homeland Security Department, from the District of Columbia Police, and from the U.S. Marshal Service saying bad people were coming to Washington and were intent on doing bad things at the Capitol, specifically warning they wanted to storm the Capitol. They wanted to target lawmakers. They were going to invade the tunnels around the Capitol. Much of the behavior that occurred on January 6th was being relayed as threat intelligence assessments to the Capitol Police going back to December 21st. Despite all of that intelligence warnings, the security plan that was put together that day had no National Guard, had only a skeleton staff of police officers, many of them without uh, riot gear available to them. The security plan failed miserably, even though we give this police department, Capitol Police Department, $600 million a year to keep the Capitol uh, safe. And one of the things you learn in these text messages, Craig, the reason that the Capitol Police didn't get what they wanted, they were uh, the political leaders around them kept saying they were worried about the optics. They didn't like the optics of armed police officers protecting the Capitol. They didn't like the optics of National Guard maybe walking around. When you make security decisions, you don't make political optics decisions. You make security decisions. These text messages show that they had the wrong standard for security and that Nancy Pelosi and her team were directly involved in it. So it's no wonder to me then since Republicans were going to dig into this uh, if they had been able to put their own members on the J6 committee, that Nancy Pelosi rejected their selections. And this turned out to be a partisan stacked committee, right? Absolutely. By keeping Jim Jordan and others off, they took away some of the best investigators Republicans could have on the committee and try to get the other side of the story, right? There's a lot of here. We know bad people did bad things that day. We don't know, uh, except for the good work that these five Republican lawmakers did after the fact, Jim Jordan and uh, Rodney Davis, among them, Troy Nels. uh, We don't really know why the police force failed so spectacularly. We've known the Capitol has been a target for violence of terrorists and others for two decades. Since 9-11, we had a woefully unprepared uh, a group of police ready that day. And I'll give you, there's another anecdote I I'll wrote. tell you what, John, it, let, me, let me just have you hold that thought. Stick around. We'll be right back with John Solomon after the break. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. More Than a Movie is back with season two of the award-winning film podcast, and this time with a lot more movies. I'm your host, Alex Fumero, and each week I'm going to talk to the people behind some of my favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the OG spy kid, Alexa Penavega. You had Carlo Gugino, who's the coolest mom ever. You had Antonio, who's handsome, amazing, charismatic. And then Carmen and Juni. 
I felt like a lot of other kids felt like this could be me. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Every episode will feature interviews with the biggest actors, directors, writers, and producers behind your favorite films and tap into the history of Latinos in film. Listen to More Than a Movie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's, Rappaport's Reality, Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're talking tea, we're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Here are some examples of what you'll hear from us on Rappaport's Reality Podcast. This is where we discuss all things reality TV, all things popular culture. And a little bit of... Rappaport's reality, the reality of bit. us. We're a figuring bit. out. And if we had been recording these last four or five days, Ooh. it, it would have been, Ooh, a, been the podcast juicy. would have taken a, a, a left turn. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President, Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. More Than a Movie is back with season two of the award-winning film podcast, and this time with a lot more movies. I'm your host, Alex Fumero, and each week I'm going to talk to the people behind some of my favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the OG spy kid, Alexa Penavega. You had Carlo Gugino, who's the coolest mom ever. You had Antonio, who's handsome, amazing, charismatic. And then Carmen and Juni. I felt like a lot of other kids felt like this could be me. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Every episode will feature interviews with the biggest actors, directors, writers, and producers behind your favorite films and tap into the history of Latinos in film. Listen to More Than a Movie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's, Rappaport's Reality, Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're talking tea, we're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Here are some examples of what you'll hear from us on Rappaport's Reality Podcast. 
This is where we discuss all things reality TV, all things popular culture. And a little bit of Rappaport's reality, the reality of bit. us. We're a figuring out. And if we had been recording these last four or five days, Ooh. It, it would have been, Ooh, a, been the podcast juicy. would have taken a, a, a left turn. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. And this is Greg Jarrett filling in for Sean Hannity. I want to thank you for joining me today. Be sure to give us a call. We're going to be talking more in just a moment about the Twitter files. 1-800-941-7326. That's 941-7326. Back now with my guest this hour, John Solomon. Uh, editor-in-chief of uh, Just the News. It's a terrific website. Uh, you've got to check it out. Author of the book, Fallout, uh, also an excellent book uh, that's still available. You can get it in bookstores or online. And, John, we were talking a moment ago about your uh, most recent story, uh, text messages, emails showing that Nancy Pelosi was directly involved in the failure of security on January 6th, didn't like the optics of, you know, armed officers and National Guardsmen visible to the public, even though she and others had been made aware that it could get quite dangerous that particular day. And and you were about to tell me something. I had to interrupt you. Please continue. Yeah, it's an, uh, talking about the, the, the poor security mindset. We've known the Capitol is a target of terrorists and other bad people. We've known it for a long time. The day before the January 6th riots, believe it or not, there was another threat that came into the Capitol Police Department to the House Sergeant-at-Arms and the Senate Sergeant-at-Arms, who are the two political officers that report to um, Nancy Pelosi and to Chuck Schumer. And it said that there was a possibility that an airliner would be flown into the Capitol, a terrorist attack into the Capitol. Not a single person was alerted in the Capitol to that new threat, not the leadership, not lawmakers. Late at night on the 5th, before the the rioting started, uh, media started to report this threat, and all of a sudden uh, leaders started calling and saying, hey, Capitol Police, Sergeant-at-Arms, what do you know about this? And they're like, oh, yeah, we forgot to tell you about it. There was this laissez-faire security apparatus that didn't react to a plane threat or all the intelligence that suggested January 6th was there. That security apparatus ultimately reported to the House Speaker. Uh, the failures here are enormous, and we just spent two years investigating January 6th without once really looking at all of the security failures, what could have been done better by police, by the, by the security officers that report to the Speaker. Hopefully in 2023, we not only get a better accounting of what happened, we start to put real fixes in so that the Capitol building isn't going to be vulnerable in the future. You know, and in the meantime, on January 6th, Nancy Pelosi have has her daughter following around with a camera uh, yeah. to, you know, for a documentary to show how heroic Nancy Pelosi was that particular day. That strikes me as a bit of a setup with advanced knowledge that they knew things were going to get out of hand. And, oh, let's show mom. Let's show how brave mom is. 
Yeah, the, speaking of optics, those are bad optics, right? They, maybe they should have spent a little bit more time planning for the security and a little less time thinking about a political documentary. Uh, there are so many things that remarkably two years after this horrific event, we still don't know. And I, when I talk to people, members of Congress, I've interviewed many whistleblowers in the Capitol Police Department over the last few months. They all tell me the same thing. The Capitol is still not secure. The mindsets, the bureaucratic bungling is still directly uh, uh, visible to us here. And nobody seems to care. Nobody's taking uh, uh, notice of it or making actions to fix it. I think that changes in January. When you talk to people like Congressman Troy Nels or uh, Jim Jordan, they have their eye on this. They're going to make this a big thing. But for two years, Pelosi not only failed on January 6th, she made sure the committee that investigated that event wouldn't look at the very issues that fell on her watch, on her capability to maybe do something to make the Capitol safer then. Yeah, she commandeered the committee to avoid any uh, embarrassment uh, over her own failures that appear to be increasingly deliberate. She could have stopped what was happening there, and she didn't do it. Uh, I've heard people say, well, she probably wanted it to unfold as it did uh, to further sully and damage Trump. I don't know about that. But it's certainly a question that should be posed. Uh, I want to ask you about the Twitter files, because you've been covering it quite a bit. Um, there is now uh, compelling evidence that the FBI pressured Twitter to censor the Hunter Biden laptop story in advance of the 2020 presidential election. Yeah. Blacklists were composed, targeting vocal conservatives, critics of Joe Biden. Disfavored treats, tweets were prevented from trending. Account holders banished based on phony grounds. Shadow banning was deployed as a political weapon. Evidence proves that Twitter executives deplatformed Trump despite their private admissions that no legitimate basis existed for doing so. And as long suspected, the FBI was playing an integral role in all of this, weren't they? They were. And it's important to note, it was 231 years ago this month, it was 231 years ago this December, that the Bill of Rights was uh, finally uh, ratified. And the very first protection it, it afforded was the protection of free speech, a declaration that the government could not use its power to infringe free expression. We now have overwhelming evidence that government agencies, the FBI, the Homeland Security Department, several of the health bureaucracies, all use their government power to pressure Twitter, Facebook, and other social media platforms to censor Americans' contents. When this first came out, there were suggestions of it. The FBI told us, listen, we don't do this. We only focus on foreign disinformation, foreign misinformation. That has now been disproven. The FBI set up a command center in San Francisco under the direction of a special agent named Elvis Chan that would routinely forward censorship requests to the uh, social platforms. He testified that he succeeded about 50% of the time in getting something taken down or action taken against a, a particular post. Uh, and he also testified that the approval for this came from FBI headquarters, meaning every request that would come to him had the infantry of FBI headquarters approval before he sent it on to the uh, uh, social media companies. This was a large systematic operation. It succeeded often. There were clear examples of Americans that were targeted. There was an example that Elon Musk re released of an Indiana 
councilman, a Republican, who had his post about election integrity censored at the request of the FBI and others. Homeland Security had a similar operation. They uh, outsourced it to a third party called the Election Integrity Partnership. They were doing similar things across multiple federal agencies, massive amounts of requests were coming in to censor free speech in America, Americans' opinions, uh, sometimes of, of them very truthful. One of the things we learned on Monday was that accurate information about COVID was censored when it went against the narrative that Anthony Fauci and the health bureaucrats in Washington wanted. So accurate information, Americans' free speech being targeted by the federal government, clearly a contravention of the very Bill of Rights and the First Amendment that our founding fathers gave us 231 years ago this month. Well said. Hey, John, uh, let's take a couple of phone calls. What do you say? I'd love it. All right, let's go to our phone lines. Jason in North Carolina joins us now. And Jason, thanks for hanging on for a while. How are you? Good. Yourself? Uh, I'll get right to it. Uh, bear with me while I lay this out. All right, the Republicans have already said that they plan on investigating the Biden or the president. Uh, and that's based off of the evidence they got off the laptop. Groups have already formed to say that they're going to investigate them. Hunter Biden, we know, is under investigation for weapons and taxes in Delaware, if, I'm, if I remember correctly. Yeah, money laundering and yeah. fraud and bribery and you, you name it. Now, he hasn't been charged yet. Right. So the question is, is there a possibility or the likelihood that if they do indict him in Delaware that a judge could then seal evidence based from the computer, the laptop from hell, yeah. based off of that, seal that, and stop the Republicans dead in their tracks with an investigation. Well, one of the things that I, I think one of the reasons why the Department of Justice has been dragging their feet on bringing any criminal charges against Hunter Biden is it, it offers them a a vacuous pretext uh, so that when people start getting subpoenas to testify about, you know, the cover up of Hunter Biden and Hunter Biden's influence peddling schemes themselves, uh, people will be able to say, well, there's a pending federal investigation. I can't talk about it. What do you think, John? Yeah, listen, we saw that in, in real action uh, at the last time that FBI Director Chris Ray was before Congress a few weeks ago. He was asked several times about Hunter Biden. Every time he said, I can't talk about it. It's an active investigation. Can't talk about it. Won't talk about active investigations. So that, that uh, stiff arm uh, was used regularly in the last few months of this past Congress, and I assume it will again in the next Congress. Now, the one thing that can't be stopped is um, if something's already in the public, it can't be taken back out of the public. The laptop is clearly in the public, and Congress can go and get other witnesses. They could go maybe get the former business partners of Hunter Biden. I would keep an eye on uh, on Devin Archer, a former business partner. He's been convicted. He's about to go to jail. He's the sort of guy that could potentially be flipped by Congress and give really incredible uh, testimony because he was in contact with both Joe Biden and Hunter Biden during critical times in this scandal. So the the Congress can go after other witnesses and try to force them to testify. But the the uh, the FBI and the Justice Department are going to almost always hide behind. They can't talk about it. It's an active investigation. Right, right. And, and I am convinced that is why the DOJ, not only do they not want to charge the president's son, because the evidence also implicates uh, the president himself, but they just want to drag this thing out to avoid answering questions 
uh, when Republicans take control and begin investigating and issuing subpoenas and asking uh, uh, inconvenient questions. Uh, let's take one more caller. Doug joins us now from Kansas, where I lived for a couple of years, met my wife there. Doug, uh, thanks for calling in. What's your question or, or comment? Well, I've been listening to you, and I've listened to some other talk shows, and this kind of corruption has been going on at least for six years. The Russia collusion, the misuse of FISA, the FBI, and everybody keeps saying the rank and file are okay. When you lose, when a country loses the Justice Department, you've lost the country. The bureaucrats are able to do whatever they want. My vote doesn't count because they suppressed the stories and people were elected because the truth wasn't told. Yeah, you know. I don't see how we can just, I mean, you wrote books. What happened? Nothing. Yeah. I, I Listen, uh, you're preaching to the choir. Uh, John, what do you think about that? Well, listen, one of the most interesting dynamics, I've been covering the FBI for 30 years as a journalist. Uh, maybe in that time, I've covered seven or eight whistleblower uh, whistleblowers who came forward with information about the FBI lab or about 9-11. There are 20 rank-and-file FBI agents and FBI employees who in the last six months have come forward. That's more than I've seen in my entire career in a six-month window, coming forward, talking to Jim Jordan, Ron Johnson, Chuck Grassi, and, and some other lawmakers now that I've learned about. 20 in a few months. That's more than I've seen in 20 or 30 years of my reporting. I think the rank-and-file, the very, pers- uh, very people that the caller is talking about, they are agitating. They have finally become so disgusted that they can't do their job that they're willing to risk their careers. I interviewed Steve Friend, the agent who's almost certainly going to be fired for going public. He laid out all of the potential civil rights abuses that went on during the January 6th investigation. There are FBI agents and Justice Department employees for the first time having the gumption to come forward, risk their jobs, and say, we're going to blow the whistle on what we've observed over the last five or six years. Yeah. My guest has been uh, this hour, John Solomon, editor-in-chief of Just the News uh, author of the book Fallout. John, thanks so much for being with us. Uh, to our, our listeners, be sure to check out uh, John's important uh, website, Just the News, for a lot of investigative pieces and great analysis. John, thanks very much. We're going to pause, take a quick break. I'm Greg Jarrett, filling in for Sean Hannity. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Sean Hannity Show. I'm Greg Jarrett. Uh, we've been talking about the Twitter files, and in just a moment, uh, in the next hour, I'm going to be talking to James Comer, congressman from Kentucky, who will be heading up the Oversight Committee, which will be immensely important. There are a great many things that need to be investigated, not the least of which is FBI corruption, identified not only by FBI whistleblowers, more than a dozen who have stepped forward, Uh, But the FBI's corrupt role in violating the First Amendment by pressuring and coercing and manipulating Twitter and other social media companies into killing the Hunter Biden laptop story just before the last presidential election, uh, apparently to protect Joe Biden, falsely claiming it was Russian disinformation when the FBI well knew that it was not. Uh, there are also going to be investigations into the Afghanistan debacle, 
uh, and school board meetings and counterterrorism and criminal actions involving that. The origins of COVID-19, the list goes on and on. James Comer will be joining us in just a moment. Stick around. With everything you have on your plate, earning your degree online seems impossible. But at Grand Canyon University, we specialize in helping you fit a master's degree in education into your busy day. Your graduation team, led by your own GCU counselor, provides you with the personal support you need to succeed. Achieve your goals with a plan and team behind you. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Visit gcu.edu. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to More Than a Movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's, Rappaport's Reality, Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. 